Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 230th episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds podcast. Uh, We've welcomed January 2024 with a series on heart and mind connection. And this week, I'm truly honoured to be speaking with Dr. Magdalena Backmeyer about healthy functioning with a heart and mind connection. Magdalena is a mental health and well-being expert, educator, neuroscientist and leading coach therapist. Her unique heart, mind, body and spirit approach helps people navigate life, lead and heal by tapping into the full power of their nervous system. Magdalena teaches minds to feel and hearts to think. She believes that talent is not in short supply, but healthy people are. She works to change this through one-to-one clinic education and consultancy. She's the creator of the GRID method for health, results and success. The crucial insight she made is that healthy people are good at balancing work, life, career and self-care, which we can all learn to do. GRID supports mental health and well-being in students and adults and has been selected for sharing at Columbia University Coaching Conference, Positive Psychology Congress, as well as U.S. National Public Radio and Guardian Masterclass Series. Magdalena's current work explores the GRID's use in effective habit change and burnout recovery. Her most recent project is a 12-month goal-setting adventure designed to support people in recovering their agency and confidence through tangible results and a training module for Oxford University Press on healthy workplace cultures. To take GRID method into the world, Magdalena trains other coaches and managers in this powerful approach and offers GRID workshops and keynotes. And of course, you can learn more about her work at maketimecount.com. Uh, We're going to share the links in the show notes, but you can also follow her on LinkedIn, YouTube channel and explore her books. And it's so great to have her as a guest on the show because you know that the podcast is all about mental health and inclusion. And Max is all about making your health and well-being a key priority because the world needs you. So Dr. Magdalena Bachmeyer, we've known each other for a while, so I'm going to call you Mag. A huge welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We're so excited that you're here and I've read out your bio, of course, but I think it's really great if listeners can hear from you what you're working on at the moment. Well, what I'm working on at the moment is really taking my grid framework out into the world and, you know, grid is a framework for being able to be healthy and achieve results at the same time and um, its power in mental health and well-being and human agency is really huge. Um, but it's something that people have to discover. So it's up to me now, having shown that it works, to sort of take it out into different communities. And your work is so heart-based itself, and it's no, so values-led. And I think it would be really lovely to hear from you about how you became an author and also a change maker. My road into authorship, um, I, I do think back to one of our conversations about this initially, a uh, long time ago when you asked me about my first book, was in part aspirational, so I always wanted to be an author, uh, but in part also accidental. So I developed uh, a, a model which was you know, heart and mind connection around productivity that um, I got to share with a lot of different organizations, including NASA. And then I um, had someone at one of my workshops who was a commissioning editor. And so this man uh, basically said, oh, this would make for a very good book. But then when he approached me, I sort of thought what he wanted would make a chapter 
and not a whole book. And uh, I'm not a person who likes fluffing pages out into lots of words. So the first book I, I produced was really to kind of sit back and think about what are some reflective exercises I can, you know, put together into a book that will sit well with that model as well. And so that was how I got started. And then um, seeing the impact the book could have with people and being someone who likes books. Um, when I created The Grid, I, I really thought book is a very inexpensive, um, very universal way to share um, your ideas. So I put the uh, second work, The Grid, into a book and then the third. And so now I sort of, you know, feel like I'm sort of definitely writing books, um, but I've taken a little gap um, due to COVID from writing the next one. <laughs> And I remember being in Heathrow and seeing your book on the bestsellers and the nonfiction and being like, yes, I know her. Um, so if you haven't checked out uh, Magdalena's books, please do, do do that. We'll talk about that more at the end of the show as well. So thinking about this term heart and mind connection, what does it mean to you? Well, um, you know, when I got asked to do my first TEDx talk and I, I had this massive anxiety, I remember sitting on a sofa thinking, gosh, you know, you stand and communicate this message to the world, like something that's really important to be said. Um, and, and I remember like thinking, you know, listening to your heart is important. That was the core message. And, and that was really kind of like a wisdom of, you know, how one should choose, you know, careers and decisions and partners and everything. Because so often, we talk ourselves out of things and so often people talk us out of things using purely rationale. And so I really felt on this very pragmatic daily level that, you know, heart and mind connection should be about not discarding your logic, but certainly making space for this emotional gut way of also intuitively knowing what is actually good for us. And in the global north, uh, you know, I talked about this in episode one of the series, episode 227. Um, why do you think there is such a distinction around, you know, be rational or, you know, romance is over here, rationality is over here. And what has been, you know, what's your take on the separation and why is it not more integrated? Wow, that's a huge question. I feel like you're just inspiring me to write a book about it <laughs> in a decade. Um um, well, hmm. I would say that, you know, having been educated in the Western world and thinking about what school, you know, I, I'm passionate about education. And, and I think one of the things that school tends to reward traditionally is how we do well through, you know, facts and numbers and problem solving, all of which tend to really draw on our kind of executive functioning and, and that side of things um, far more to this individualistic kind of bend. So it's more about what can I do? What can I know? What can I solve? That is by its very nature, very isolationist. And, and so there is a kind of, you know, connection is all about teamwork. It's about linking yourself to other people listening to other people, getting perspectives from other people. Yes, we can do this, um, you know, purely rationally because it's good to do. 
but I think research shows that we get a lot of benefits from it being really somatic, you know, really kind of led and embodied um, and how that makes us actually feel. So I do think that very early on and also motivational research um, shows us that, you know, a lot of externally driven motivation, extrinsic motivation really ponders to that sort of logic based mindset, the winner loser world. You know, you're either very good or you're not. Yes. And, you know, we've spent some time talking about culture quite a lot. So do you have any thoughts about certain cultural frameworks that could be country cultures? It could be workplace cultures that really help people connect heart and mind together. I'm not really sure, let's say, about frameworks per se, although certainly it's compassionate culture um, would be probably the closest in, in my sense of a culture that would encourage heart and mind. In practice, you know, my work in different organizations shows me that time squeezes out um, that approach. So while, you know, we know it's good in theory, we also know it's good in practice. For whatever reason, there's a kind of interwoven guilt around just spending time together. Um, and I have seen numerous times in numerous cultures where, you know, the agendas for a meeting are so full that no one can really process the information on the agenda. No one can really share what they think about it. Deep reflective thinking is effectively impossible in that kind of environment. Um, and so, and I think a lot of the outcomes we have in society and in different systems are actually a result of that way of um, running cultures. I, yeah, I do find it fascinating. So I, I talk about this a lot, which is we are in an age where there is information literally at our fingertips pretty much 24-7. And yet workplaces seem to be in probably, I'll speak for the UK, but in a very weird, difficult situation. I think we're going to see a huge explosion in employment tribunals. Again, personal opinion, no evidence for that, but anecdotal. So you know, what, what's going on with that? You know, given that there's so much information, given that people know a lot of this quote unquote stuff, what's the barriers to putting it into practice? Well, as you rightfully pointed out, I suppose in some way, you know, with so much information comes information overload. And, you know, all the research from Schwartz on decision making, for example, tells us that, you know, at some point we have so much information, we all feel rather stupid or we can't really decide or you know there's so much of it that we our our ability to discern it is um in in peril and then eventually now of course over the last years we have lots of fake news and fake information and a sense of you know people who are claiming to be experts who aren't um and so i think that we're almost afraid of sort of saying what we do know and saying what we don't know. Um, so information has become not really an enabler, but a disabler. Yes, no, thank you. That makes complete sense. And, you know, I know you in your workshops and the spaces that you hold, you're holding a lot for people. So key question is, you know, as a very busy professional and person, how do you look after your own mental health? What are your top three tips that you'd like to share with listeners? Okay, well, as you know, the grid framework what makes it so beautiful is that one of the four key quadrants of it is self-care. And, and for us, that's not about just sleep and good nutrition. 
Um, it's really about attending to your mind, your heart, your body, your spirit, uh, really making time for that regular renewal. So my three go-to practices, I think probably my number one practice, which I have had ever since you know my family migrated to the US, was journaling. And there's a lot of research around journaling. Um, and that practice for mental health, I think, um, is a golden standard for people who are not afraid of a pen and paper. Um, and, and I know that that's not everybody's, um, you know, choice. Um, but that would be my number one. Um, my second one is yoga. <laughs> um, I, I discovered yoga during my PhD at Caltech when I was really in an environment that was so mental health toxic um, that in many ways, you know, without it, I think I would never have made it. And it's made such a big difference to my life. It's taught me that my mind, my mind and my body are linked in a very powerful way. And I've taken that into my work in a big way as well. So, you know, doing even a 10 minute um, yoga series a day is great. At the moment, I follow Cassandra on YouTube. Um, I find her yoga you know, quite helpful. And also it's only 10 minutes. So, you know, for a busy person, it's easy um, to fit in. Um, and the third one, um, which I've used with a lot of my clients is actually going for fresh air walk. Um, it's, it's really simple. And whether, you know, you have five minutes to literally leave your door and go around the block once, or whether you have a bit longer and can, you know, go down for half an hour or an hour or whatever. Um, it, it's really interesting to see the different perspective you have when you actually put your body on your feet and move. Thank you so much. And if you want to know more about journaling, creative writing, do check out podcast episodes 210 to 213, where we talk a lot about mental health, well-being, the practices, ancestral writing. Thank you so much, Mags. And finally, if people want to know more about your work, how they can work with you, please share what you are offering and also the best way to contact you. And I will, of course, include these in the show notes. Um, thank you. Um, the best way to contact me is probably via LinkedIn. Um, for those who want to get in touch with me directly, um, you can also go to www.maketimecount.com where you will learn more about all the different things that uh, my business does and, and the different things we offer people and organizations as well. And one of the things I probably would want to um, really promote is that ever since the pandemic, um, I have set up a free initiative called the Go Get a Bootcamp. We have over 600 people in that at the moment. Um, and it was really done as a way to kind of share some of my knowledge with people to build agency and confidence in real ways. And that program is now in its third year. So um, for anyone who wants to, you know, do a little bit of that with the help of that social connection and, and life sort of quarterly um, calls, then that might be something people might want to do. And for those who are, you know, coaches or managers or people interested in well-being, burnout prevention, uh, please do check out the grid. And we do run a grid coach um, certificated program, which uses a lot of somatic work and very cutting edge neuroscience and psychology. And of course, they're your books. So if people want and to yes. order your books. Yes, yes. Uh, do check out the Make Time Count website. It is absolutely brilliant with tons of resources and sign up to uh, Magdalena's newsletter. So thank you so much for your time, your wisdom and your beautiful, calm energy. We're so grateful that you could join us today on 
our series of mind and body and heart connection. Thank you so very much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Mags. And join us next week where I'll be reviewing the book Enchantment by Catherine May to round up the series. Until then, everyone, take care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.